Strap down, buckle up. Better guard your grill. Yeah. <laughs> Do it for them nights. I see my mama shed tears. All the places you will go when you put away your feelings. Yeah. Turn up on my dreams like they too low. Used to ride the city bus, but now we in that two though. Do it for the people that doubt me and still do. I'm a legend in my city. Hold up, let me show you proof. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dang, man. I need some. I need some gunshots out there or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. We got Jerome Howard in the studio, man. You are now tuned into the Terry Gilbert audio experience, man. We got none other than Jerome Howard, Prairie View and them graduate, four-time All-Starter, three-time All-Conference, two-time All-American, and he holding all the records for tackles for loss. He got the you the record holder for all tackles, right? Yeah. And tackles for loss. Tackles for school history and uh, school for history, man. Yeah. I mean, hey, Jerome Howard. Hold on, let me turn the book around. There we go. Boom. <laughs> Jerome Howard, man, and he's a author, which is why we're in here now. He's authored his own book titled "So Now What." And so, man, let's just open it up. Let's just start. Let's just pop it off, man. Let's what, do it. What made you want to write a book? Well, I think uh, <clears throat> some of it started from just the initial me not uh, making it professionally and just asking myself those questions. Yeah. You know, um, Ooh. That's tough. Is it, a, we start, we is it a hard pill to swallow? No, no, no. We just got to start over. What's up? Oh, Jeff, you can edit it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, so just ask me the same question and I'll come back. Yeah, all right. That's it. So what made what made you want to write a book? Out of all things, why a book? I think I always had it in me to write a book. I joked around about it when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And then it just hit me one day. You know, a lot of my friends reach out to me for advice or just even like getting some extra confirmation on a lot of situations. I realized that a lot of those initial feelings, I felt like not uh, making it professionally or just having those so now what moments in life. I realized that a lot of my friends was going through that. Yeah. And I realized that, wow, I had a lot of insight and things to share with people. It got to the point where literally somebody every day was calling me about something or needed some insight on something. I found myself sharing a lot of those same things and principles that I share in uh, my book title, So Now What? Yeah, So Now What? It's crazy because uh, what's the quote? What's that big quote um, about athletes not going pro? Or 90% of athletes go pro in something other than sports. Correct. And so um, it's crazy. All right, so I'm reading the book. I'm going through the book. I'm like, man, this book is dope. You popped it off kind of like, oh, boy. Like that first line was like, <laughs> um, you, hear that, you hear that quote. Everybody say this when you're growing up. Pop Warner, I don't care what. If you sing, you dance, you do something that don't you're striving. Don't forget about me when you make it. Man, don't forget about me when you make it. Everybody done Everybody heard that. Does. I promise you, every little league player that's really good, that the fastest kid out there, or you don't even have to be the fastest. Just the fact that you showed that you good. The slightest potential. Man, they want to know, hey, look, don't forget about me when, when you make it. I had people take it even a step further where they was just like, hey, man, look, I, I like Mercedes Benz. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's, and they're like, it. man, it's crazy. But So I'm reading it, and I'm like, I ain't never had the flip side of it. The will you forget about me if I don't? Yep, absolutely. What made you What made you pop that? Where did that come from? I had a lot of lonely nights, man. I went through a lot of things, a lot of self-evaluation, looking myself in the mirror, asking myself a lot of uncomfortable uh, questions, having a lot of uncomfortable conversations with myself. Yeah. And I know the feeling of betrayal, I, you know, that I felt like, wow, these people, these are people I talk to every day, and these are people that really, you know, held a solid place in my heart, and they don't, they treat Ooh. me different now because my occupation changed, my title changed, or my status in life changed, and these people, Man, like I did my, um, I yeah. did my pro day training in Atlanta uh -huh. at uh, Chip Smith Performance Systems, and, um, Dude, man, we were trained like six hours a day, and I can recall days just going home because I was staying with my aunt at the time. It was like a six to eight week thing. I was a training. Yes, yeah, so uh, pro day training. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I, uh, <clears throat> I did my last semester online, most of the semester, and I came back to PV the last six weeks and finished that part in uh, class and walked the stage. And I can recall having literally twenty eight missed calls, sixty four messages, and this was like a consistent thing. People. People. Just calling. Just, hey, man, what's going on? Family. Yeah. Nephew, what's going on? I haven't spoke to you in a while. Uh, this, you know what I mean? Or, or people, hey, man, how's the training going? I'm rooting for you. Things of that nature. And then it's like when things don't go as planned. Or, mm -hmm. again, when you when you hear the things I've done at Prairie View, it's like, yeah. he's going to make some noise. He's gonna, yeah. He should be rich. So he's going to have a lot. You know, people just kind of And you on make every up their tackle. Mind. You on every tackle. Jerome Howard. Jerome Howard. Number 40. Right. On the tackle. Right. So people have a, uh, you know, they make up their mind. They have that perceived notion that this dude's going to be successful. He's going to, 
it'll be the next best thing out of Prairie View. So people almost want to put in hey. their tickets ahead of time. Like, let me just go ahead and build that relationship with yeah. him because I know where he's going. Oh, that's that fake love. So, you know it. Yeah. You know, it, it comes that, with the territory. That's that fake love. All right, so let's take it back a little bit. Let's take it back to, like, early on when you, uh, early on. So in the book, you talked about, in the beginning, you talked about coming up as a young and playing, you know, Pop Warner, being in South Florida growing up. But, like, I seen something when, like in the book. It was where you was talking, you were speaking, and it was more so like you seen a vision for yourself at an early age in high school. It was like, nah, I'm not really going to go that way that everybody else is going, or like I see that I can get something out of this. Well, talk to me, like how did you have the vision, or what made you have a vision and then the others didn't have the same vision that you had? Like how was... Man, nothing but the grace of God, honestly. Yeah. I think it was... 99% of the grace of God yeah. and then 1% of something just a light bulb went off one day like mm, you know what that's what I was if yeah. I see you put your hand on the stove and you burn your hand yeah. I don't want to make that same mistake uh-huh. so I'm going to find some kind of way to make a, a different mistake yeah. and I think just seeing seeing it as a freshman seeing guys who I just thought were so good and just extremely talented and they just never could take it to the next level whether it was grades whether it was other Always. off the field issues of that nature then I was uh, blessed to play varsity as a sophomore where traditionally you have to wait until your junior year mm-hmm. so now I had a, a more insight actually being on varsity and seeing the, again these guys who were starting in front of me these guys who I just thought were so great and that's they had all the scholarships, but they never sealed the deal. They never would, you know, again, whether it was things they were doing off the field, illegal activities they may have got into, yeah. or just never getting their grades right. And it was like, wow, you know what? If I ever get that opportunity, I'm going to make a different mistake. And you seen that you seen that at an early age. It was just like it, it kind of it attracted you to it or like, what was that moment? What was that? Because I know in the book you said you saw people getting scholarships and then you was like oh I'm gonna do that yeah because my in my family I'm the first one to go to college I'm the first one to even get an athletic scholarship so even college football it was something to watch on Saturdays mm-hmm. or I would watch the throwback games on Wednesday or Thursday but it was never a true a true conversation I was having with myself like you might be able to play college football one yeah. because I've never we don't talk about college in my household like yeah. now that's something I'm trying you know I'm on, a, I'm on a mission trying to shift the culture but that's not a common conversation in my household yeah, it's funny that you say that because in the book you talked about something that I resonated with. We had something in common because I grew up, you had brother, you had a brother and a sister, right? Right. And so I grew up as the only child. I now have a brother and a sister. <laughs> but um, you talked about the dinner table. You talked about like that not being a thing. And so like, how how do you think that affected you growing up as far as like being able to transition without having that thing that people think that we all need? What did what did you what did you what skills did you get by not having that? What skills did you gain? I think being younger is one of those you don't know what you don't know type of things. Uh-huh. And then as you get older again, you start because when you're younger, you just that's just how life is. Yeah. And a lot of your friends are still dealing with the same issues. A lot of times we hang with people because they have they share the same symptoms yeah, exactly. or deficiencies as us. Like mm-hmm. my dad's not around, his dad's not around, so we may become cool because of those similarities but as you get older you start hanging out with other friends or you get exposed to other things like wow this isn't yeah. this isn't how life should yeah, be exactly. <laughs> it's more than life than this exactly world. man and then you start to see some of the things that you're missing out on were you more independent or, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah extremely I, I don't think it was by choice I think just again due to my upbringing the circumstances yeah I've been, like, I've been a man before I was the man exactly you know what it I mean? make, I've been it a make man you kind of like own it and make you kind of take up for your own responsibility a little bit if you don't have those moments to where ain't nobody checking your report card or like you you gotta go they trusting you to do what hey i'm sending you to school to go make good grades behave and do all this and that but you kind of gotta like gain your own independence early at an early age yeah yeah like i i resonated with that i was just like dang i really had to do the same thing my mama wasn't able to come home from work and be off at a, a decent time to where i'm there like i didn't already bathed and did everything yeah and again a lot of our parents i'm pretty sure you can resonate with this mm-hmm. like our parents they may not have had degrees they may not have had certain yeah. uh resources that we had the things so now it's kind of like they may be juggling two to three different jobs at one time so again they do get home it's kind of like hey i just want to feed you i just want to whatever like i get yeah. back up for my next job but yeah, i gotta nah. be there at six so i gotta be up at 4 30 and i want to make sure you guys have breakfast you know they're, they're not neglecting us by not intentionally they're doing their best but yeah due to the scenario this is what it is so something you know we have to compensate for their exactly exactly it was another part in there that i wanted to talk about that really stood out um and i just wrote down like a quick note and i put skill assessment because 
it was a part in the book where you you noticed like it's something I need to do to make myself yeah, stand exactly out. About, yeah. And you talked about, and I so think the example of that one that you're speaking yeah. about is uh, with football when uh-huh. it came to sports. <clears throat> and the example I spoke about was that I I learned very early that uh-huh. I was not good. Yeah. And then I learned, okay, <laughs> what are the things I can control the fastest? Exactly. What, are, what are the one or two things I can work on that may fix I think three or four other areas? That. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I was. I won't get into the details of mm-hmm. it. I don't want to kind of over, you know, people who may not be into sports as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but let's good. just say I wasn't big, I wasn't strong, and I wasn't fast. All so you all people, the things. Yeah. You know, when you think football, it's how you think big, fast, strong. Right. So there's like, okay, even colleges, they'll come in like, hey, he may not be that fast, but yeah. is he big? Because even if he's not strong, we can get him stronger in that and yeah. have an inverse relationship with his speed. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, okay, is he fast? Because if he's fast, then we can get him stronger, and then that might get him bigger also. You know, but exactly. It's like, so this kid is not big, not, not strong, yeah. he's not fast. And now that I think about it, for a, I remember being about five, six, a lot, uh, many years in my <laughs> life. <laughs> I think I think I don't I don't think I truly grew until like my maybe the end of my sophomore year, going into eleventh grade. I think I may have grew like two or three inches. Uh-huh. And then I I might I got right at six foot, like right around scholarship time. So I was like five, perfect time, ten and a half, <laughs> five eleven for a long time. Yeah, and then I'm stuck at six foot now. Of course, but I've been there a while. And the part was like you was able to use the other your instincts, and you was able right. to use your IQ. So that's where I was getting at with that. So yeah. I realized that those things I couldn't change as fast. So, but I had a coach, uh, Mike Searcy, mm-hmm. and he it was just something he seen in me, and I, I used to hate it because he 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 instilled sacrifice in me and that discipline. And I hated mm-hmm. it because I think about it, I'm a sophomore. I'm on varsity. I'm not starting. So I'm like, why is this dude, why can't I go enjoy lunch with my friends? Yeah. And he's like, no, you're going to come in here with me. And if you don't, you're going to, you know, do extra conditioning, burpees, whatever. He just felt like doing that. They always want to do yeah, it like something. that. I want to do you dirty, man. And then what ended up happening was uh, <clears throat> he started instilling those habits in me. And I said, wow, wait, this could be my, this could be my secret stuff. Like, this could be the thing mm-hmm. that really separates me. Yeah. That I've been, you know, just praying about because I'm like, okay, I can't get bigger. I can't get stronger. I can't get faster. Then I said, okay, what I can do is this. I know if this guy is faster than me, which he, you know, most running backs are faster than linebackers. Mm-hmm. He's more agile than me. The very best thing I can do at this point is get to him before he can get to me. Yeah. So if I can get to him before he picks up speed and before he can get into his strength, yeah. and I can make him play my game, I have a better chance of winning that battle. And you basically use what you have. Yeah, so I use what I had. You looked in your toolbox. You right. were able to assess your skills. Yeah. And I think that's important, like, in life that's in general. That's a life skill, for sure. You got to assess what you got. Like, this is what I'm good at, and this is how I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it to the best of my benefits to get me to where I want to go. Like, having that goal, and then, like, all right, this is my tools that I'm going to... This is what I got. This is what God gave me. Right. I'm going to use this. It may not be what they got. It may not be what he got, but I'm going to use mine, and I'm going to crafted in a way to where I can get to what my goal is. Absolutely. And even if you're a business owner or even an yeah, um, aspiring entrepreneur, that's a, a strong asset to have as well, understanding what you're good at so you can get the team of people around you that yeah. that can fulfill your, I wouldn't necessarily say weaknesses, but your, yeah. your area of opportunity. That's areas extremely you important. And, it, and that all came from you playing football. But it turned into a life lesson. And then it turned into a life lesson. I know there's somebody listening and there's people out there that like, they may have not played football they may have done some other uh, sports event or maybe not even sports. They may have done something else in a group activity to where they had to use some type of skills to get a goal. And so, like, you literally have to do skill, not skill assessment, but self-assessment and really figure out, like, all right, who am I? What am I good at? And what can I use to get to where I want to go? Right. And so I thought, like, and I'm just reading it, and it's just football. Of course, we both play football, so right. I can so see. so many lessons that yeah, correlate to man, life. Yeah, man, so many lessons in sports that could just, it just transfer over. And now you're a business owner, and you're able to use that same lesson that you learned back when you was 12, 14 years old as a teenager playing high school football. Correct. Like, I think that was crazy. I, well, it wasn't crazy. I think that was, like, wild that just, like, just thinking back, like, I, sometimes all you got to do is think back on, like, life be like, nah, I know how to navigate I've been here this. Before. Yeah. Um <laughs> let's jump into this is this is this is uh this is crazy when I was reading the book. <laughs> the book is so good, man. Y'all gotta y'all gotta cop this book. We definitely gonna link it up. So now what by Jerome Howard. November twelfth, two thousand fifteen. Walk me through it. The emotions, walk me through that date. Walk me through all of it. November twelfth. Yeah. 
I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. November 12, 2015. So we're playing um, the Alcorn Braves uh, rivalry game in our conference. Mm-hmm. At the time, we're up and down. We um, we win this game. Who is uh, we? We as in Prairie View. PVMU. Yeah. <clears throat> so at this time, you know, I was a freshman. I was starting, but you know, I was yeah. kind of still rotating in and out because the guy in front of me was a red shirt junior. So he already was in the program for like uh-huh. three, you know three years. And I was playing, but being a freshman, you don't really have much say-so on how things go. So they were kind of like, you know what, you're a freshman, so you're going to play on defense, you're going to be on every special team, you're going to be where we need you, whatever. Again, mm-hmm. I'm that kid from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm just happy to be on the team. Nobody in my family's ever done this. So I'm yeah. like, listen, if you tell me to jump, just tell me how many times, how high. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, just blessed to be here. Yeah. And I'm huge on energy, and it's crazy because, like, something told me, like, that play before I went out, something about my legs just didn't feel right. Oh, really? And I went up oh, to our snaps. special teams coach, and I said, hey, coach. So I said this one out. Something's just. Mm. He said, "What? You kidding me? You're a freshman. Get out here." I said, "Coach." Yeah. Like something like not feeling right. Yeah. Like. Oh wow. Hey. The energy. Like, I don't even want to get too deep yeah, on nah, that, but the good. energy's real. Like I know yeah. when stuff is just. Because so, I told my ACL too. Not to interrupt you. I told yeah. my ACL also, but I didn't know that I was going like. I didn't have no energy. It just. I heard a pop, and I was just yeah. Yeah. Like again, I didn't think it was going to be that, but I just mm-hmm. knew something didn't feel right. And what ended up happening was <clears throat> we go down on kickoff. I'm running down. I'm running down. And the guy's coming to block me. Mm-hmm. And I put my right leg into the ground. And I cross over to go left. And yeah. the, right as I put my left foot in the ground, the guy comes. And my knee just gives out. So I, yeah. now I find myself trying to hold on to the guy, the guy for dear life, just seeking stability and just balance at this point. Man. And I just fall down. like, And I just go to reaching for my knee. But I knew already before the guy even touched me that. Yeah. I was hurt. I was almost just hoping he hurry up and just threw me down just to... Yeah, just to get out. It was almost like a roller coaster. You don't uh-huh. know where you're going. I'm like, I'm uh-huh. almost holding him, like, bring me down with yeah, you. So I want to land on you or yeah. something. Like, find a way to lessen this damage. But mm-hmm. I knew something was wrong. And I just... But again, as a freshman, a what are you going to say? freshman, Toya ACN. Toya you done ACN. made it. So you done made it all the way through high school. You done got the scholarship. You at Prairie View. You done worked your way up the ladder. You had people in front of you. And now you starting... As a freshman, and then you tear your ACL. Like, what? Like, the emotions, you you thinking, what do you think after you tear your ACL? What do you think you like? Well, I, but prior to that, I never really had a true injury. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I didn't, I mean, it was high school. And then, you know, again, as most people in high school, it's like, okay, even if you get an injury, once the pain subsides, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm no longer hurt. Yeah. So like, this is my first true injury. And they're like, yeah, you got to have surgery. I'm like, when? Tomorrow. I'm oh, like, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, wait, wait. How, did, how did my life get from this to that? Yeah. And, and my, everything stopped right everything there. Stopped. And then I think the, the most difficult part for it at my age at the time was sometimes you have a false sense of importance, is uh, what I like to call it. Ooh. And then you start to realize that, wow, this show's going on without me. Mm-hmm. Whereas in high school and all these things, you, you're used to being that, that big kid in a no small more. arena. Yeah. And then you realize that, yep, they're still going to practice tomorrow. They're still going to work out without wow, you. The man, team the is still going to play. On. And you're like, the show goes on. You're like, wow. And I that's think that's crazy. what hurts the most, just coming from high school and having that false sense of reality and also that false sense of importance. You just feel like, ah, oh, the team won't win without me. They won't. No, they're going to oh, win without yeah. you. They're, they're going to find play. somebody else. Yeah. And, and the next when the season up. ends, the coach will go and, you know, we had some coaches who were pretty honest. They'll tell you, like, every yeah. offseason, I'm going to find your replacement. Ooh. That's my job to find yeah. your replacement. So I think put that like, wow. fire up under you. Yeah. So imagine being a kid that's hurt. Your freshman year. And again, and that was another. That was one of those. Uh, I had to develop some tough skin for that one because it was like again that false sense of importance. I'm like, man, I came way from Florida. I helped you guys out. And I, yeah. You, like, you're yeah, out of state student. That, nonetheless, of, you're, you're an athlete, and it's your freshman year. So you got all the stuff that freshmen got to deal with, and you out there on the field, and you starting. And then you tell your ACL. So, yeah, you're going to get this surgery, but guess what? The team is going to continue to play there. So they're going to continue to prepare for the next opponent yep. as scheduled. Exactly. And then you start to say, wow, maybe maybe I'm not as important or not as, you know, the show will go on. And in high school, yeah, because in high school, you're that, you can become that big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Where in high school, if the top one or two guys get hurt, the team, that may affect the team's entire season. Whereas yeah. in college, these guys are going out and they're strategically hey, hand selecting and recruiting certain athletes that they want to have, and they're preparing for those rainy days or for those injuries. Yeah. Whereas, so now it's like, wow, they you get hurt, and it's somebody else who's probably just as good, if not better, than you in your position. Wait, and then my coaches were extremely honest with you that they would, you know, I, I remember getting my surgery, and they'll tell you like, "Hey, you feeling okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm doing better." The swelling uh-huh. going down, yeah, it's getting better. Yeah. How about you, coach? Nothing much. You just 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to find your replacement. Like, oh, hey, <laughs> I, I remember calling crazy. my grandma like, Grandma, do you know what this coach just told me? Yeah. I just hurt my knee less than two weeks ago. I just had to have surgery. And, uh, keep in mind, I was a kid who never had any true injuries prior to college. Uh -huh. A few ankle sprains here and there. Just typically being a kid and being around sports. Yeah. Because I also wrestled in high school, so I had a few uh, ankle injuries yeah, and things of that sort. But it's like. This, this coach just really told me he's going to find my replacement. And I just, I almost felt like I put my life on line for you guys. So that taught me a lot in the business world too about just developing tough skin mm. and, and keeping your eyes on the prize. Because that, a lot of people in that scenario would have gotten caught up in the distractions and things of that sort. When a lot of people thing. get sad. They get down yeah, on get down themselves. Like, I ain't going to never get back to who I was before right. this. That's, that's like a mental thing. How was you able to overcome that mental block of like, getting over getting past the injury because some people come back from that and some people don't yeah it's definitely technology's played a big role in it just mm -hmm. you know technology being integrative and you know having us having the ex exposure to things out but i think what's helped me the, the most are just my spiritual upbringing my grandmother she's my favorite person in the world her and i yeah. communicate often and she's someone of just that old that old faith that a tornado can come through the house right now she can say well you know what god i've been waiting to get a new home anyway or you know what god i won't complain because there was a time when I didn't have this roof at all, and you still left the door, even though everything else in the house is gone. So I'll thank you for mm. that. Whereas someone our age is like, "Wait, grandma, we don't have a house. The roof is gone." Nah, you're so right. Just falling back, just having her. She, again, she's my favorite person. Wow, just having her in my corner to keep me grounded in the faith regards. And then I was blessed to um, have my best friend Terrence Mitchell. Yeah, um, T. Many people know him as T or mm -hmm. Chip, a man of many nicknames. Yeah, I was blessed to have him there with me at all. Also, I'm sorry. And Gotta have people. He was my roommate, with you. and yeah. we grew up together in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He, we went to high school together. We basically lived together before we got to college. Yeah. So it was. He was there for me. Having him with support. Yeah, no, that's good. And he's someone who won't let me. He wouldn't let me settle for good. You know, he knew that my goal was greatness. Like so that. he was, he was on me. He was whatever I needed. And then the best part about it was, we're from the same hometown. Yeah. So when I went home, he was also there. And I think that was good too. Extremely close. So it was, it was never missing a beat. He did yeah. whatever he could to communicate with my mom, let her know the truth and this going on, that's going. On. Even when I didn't want to communicate certain things, he did a good job of standing my corner. Yeah, so kept me on point. Yeah, that's. I mean, this is a great segue into like one of the parts in the book because you was talking about your grandmother just yeah. a second ago. Um, there's a there's a, you list a few people in the book that you think about when you think of the word success or successful, and um, you list three women, two of which are your grandmothers, Correct. but one is Michelle Obama. Correct. What was the what was the why what was the reason behind listing Michelle Obama? Uh, the, the big thing with Michelle Obama is understanding the platform, understanding opportunity. Yeah. I think a lot of times we we overlook opportunities, we don't maximize on opportunity. Mm. But Michelle Obama did a great job, in my opinion, of taking advantage of her opportunity without taking advantage of her opportunity. Yeah. So obviously she's, you know, first lady to Michelle uh <clears throat> Barack. To Barack Obama, yeah. but she did a great job of, for one, also making her own name and understanding the platform that she did have and use that for the betterment of others. Yeah, so nah. many don't, many people don't know the, the great things that she's done. Exactly. In schools, she's uh, the free lunch and then also doing a lot of things with women. She's had different, uh, not you necessarily forms. There's a lot of stuff that I listed in there that she's done as far as bringing the awareness to different organic foods and pesticides and things of that sort. So I'm all about that. Like anytime. Understanding that that blessing isn't just for you. I believe that God puts us in a lot of places sometimes to bless and glorify others and to help for the betterment of other people. But I think sometimes we get in those positions and get, you know, again, we get that false sense of importance. Yep. I'm self-made. I made it because mm -hmm. I'm here. I don't care about anybody else in the world. This is my time to shine. This is this, that. But it's like no one is going to live forever. Yeah, and no, I think the goal right. for all of us should be to impact other people and to create something or just to use our platform for the betterment of others. Yes. So yeah. that's what nah, that's, that was the dope yeah. reason behind the Michelle Obama. Yeah, no, nah, that's a great message to use your platform to help others. Yeah, well, none of us will be here forever. Exactly. You're right. Even for myself. So I, you should try to affect someone else yeah, other my, than yourself. Exactly. Because the goal that I want, I want it. That's, that's when my time does right. come when he decides to call me home. I want him and I to sit, be able to look back and he said, you know what? I gave you X amount of time on earth. These are the gifts, the gifts and tools I gave you. Yeah. Job well done because you you help and you impact other people. Nah, that's dope, man. That's dope, man. Uh, you you talk about faith a lot in the book. Um, there's another. There's an acronym that you got. What does S H E C stand for? So that stands for Stay Humble, Eat Crumbs. It's something a bunch of you know, Terrence Mitchell. Yeah. He was also included in that, but a lot of my close friends 
we all went to high school together. Mm -hmm. And I actually came up with it one day. I forgot we were joking around. Stay home. It was always like stay home. Stay. You know what it was? That was around the time where guys were doing the, you know, you would make a big play and you would act like you're eating cereal. Oh, okay. Food, like I'm, yeah. eating, I'm eating, you know, and I, would, mm -hmm. I just said it one day, like, no, we're not getting full. We eating crumbs. You'll never yeah. get full eating crumbs. Like stay, stay home eating crumbs. And yeah. they kind of, and we just started saying it. And a lot of people think that when they hear it, they think it's a gang or it's a clique or it's, yeah. it's nothing of that. It's simply a reminder to stay true to your upbringing, your values, your morals, your principles, yeah. your character, things of that. So it has nothing to do with a gang or a neighborhood. We just all happen to be from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but it has nothing to do with a gang. It's all for positivity. Yeah. And yeah. now, honestly, like if you hashtag it or you look at a lot of people actually say it now, like every now and then I'll get bored and go on social media. It's people like in Indiana, people in Canada. <laughs> stay home like, with e-crumbs. Or they might just say S-H-E-C. And they put you in that mind frame of like, like yeah, going just, to get it. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, so uh, <clears throat> I can be on the phone with one of them, and they, I may feel like they get beside themselves, mm, or you know, oh. it could be something where they're like, they might again, they have that false sense of importance, or that, that ego may get in the way. Yeah. I may say, S H E C. You're right, you're right, you're right. Stay I'm getting humble. beside. Yeah. So it's like, stay humble. We again, it's like stay true to your upbringing, your core values. Your Ooh. Nah, that's good, man. That's definitely good. Talk about uh, I, that brings me to that that moment because um, we both played on the coach Northern. Right. And man, this dude was a man of many quotes. A man of many quotes. <laughs> and the dude, man, the guy was just, he was, I don't want to say he was ruthless, but he just had that sense of like, he he possessed that sense of fear within himself. It's just like, hey, it's going to happen like this. Come yeah. hell or high water, Cole. You're going to get it done this way, you're going to get it done my way. Remember what you told us every day before practice? What was it? You will become me yeah, before yeah. I become hey, you. Hey, man, this, it was like, I I didn't, I felt like I was a part of the military, no man. No doubt about it. I felt like, man, he grew up in that household, but like he really impacted us with some of his quotes, man. He had some of the craziest things. Or some of the some of the really good things about right. getting out your own boat, yep. being sacrificing for the team, man. Uh, talk about that moment where I think y'all were driving back. We had yeah. just won a game. Probably just exactly beat. Who did we just beat? So it was a homecoming game. We had just played Mississippi Valley, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And again, it's homecoming. There's the tailgate. We have a bunch of festivities going on. I actually ended up catching an interception that game. Yeah, oh, you did your thing. And I took the okay. interception back for a touchdown. I had yeah. a couple of big highlight plays. Courtney Brown, um, you know, Buddha. Buddha, yeah. also his nickname. Him and I are really close. And uh, so after Terrence was in town also, we had a bunch of guys. So it's homecoming. We had a great game. Uh, coach always got on us about <laughs> playing in all three components, offense, defense, and special teams. We yeah. did a great job of doing all three of those. And he's, he was been on us about the last four or five weeks or so before that. Mm -hmm. so we're like finally we've made we won the game it's homecoming the fans are happy the alumni is happy there's the tailgate so now of course there are, there are different parties and things we go and hang out yeah go party. so now we're returning back on campus and we're like wait coach's light is on the man is so in the in, and i just had again in the office, office. We had after football the game. game we had the tailgate which went on for hours that doesn't end until like one or two yeah there no, all the rvs were pretty much gone and we're driving back on campus. This had to be between 2 and 3 a.m., if not later. Yeah. And we see his car there, or his truck. Uh -huh. And we see the light on. Yeah. We're like, we, we just look at each other. We're all quiet. We're like, wait, why is Coach here? So, uh, of course, we, we go there. We park. And we so we're like, something has to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And we go there, and, and Coach is wide awake, spinning around in his chair, listening to Lil Boosie. <laughs> You know, he's from Louisiana, so yeah, he's he turned up. Yeah, it's Lil Boosie greatest hits on Pandora. Yeah, and he's watching film. That's crazy. And it's, we're like, Coach was going. So Buddha is also from Louisiana. He's yeah. a Louisiana native. He jokes around with him, saying, "Coach, you seen that touchdown I had today? You seen that big run? You yeah. like that?" Because you know, Buddha was starting yeah, to jump yeah. over people and do some exciting things. That was like, wow. And he was like, "Yeah." And we look like, okay. He's like, "Coach, you seen forty interception?" He's like, "You yeah. like that? You ain't know forty is that fast, did you?" He did what he was supposed to do. Good play. That's him to the it's team. Like, like, it's like, it's no pleasing him. There's yeah. never a, And then he said, then the core message that I'll never forget that he got from that was because he had a wall full of notes already. And mm -hmm. keep in mind, we just played our previous opponent maybe less than four or five hours ago. And he said. Just won, too. Yeah, and we just won. And I, yeah. Again, it's homecoming, everything. And it's like, he said, your biggest enemy is your previous success. Yeah. Never get comfortable. He said, you guys did what you're supposed to do. You went out and you won. 
Now let's get focused on the next game. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, you guys head over to your dorm room, shoot me a text message when you make it. So I know, you, again, it was 30, yeah. 25 second drive. He's like, shoot me a text message when you make it, get some sleep, and I'll see you back at nine in the morning. Coach, what are you, what's going on? Like, <laughs> we yeah. just won, coach, this is homecoming, we just won. It's crazy, But man. that was a life lesson for me, like, again, so it much. It you. It impacted me because I realized that, and it goes back to another quote that, uh, also in the book that uh -huh. Coach Northern State is, nobody cares about the baby. Wow. I'm, I'm sorry, nobody cares about the labor. They only want to see the baby. baby. Yeah. And that was that was the, uh, another key component that kind of goes hand in hand. What he said is like, nobody cares. We did what we were supposed to do. Uh -huh. People expected us to win this homecoming. That's fine. Now let's get back focused on the next thing. Because if you get too comfortable, get too caught up in that previous success, yeah. now what are you doing for that future success? Yeah, just reading that. When I was reading that, and, and maybe because I'm privy to it because I know Coach Northern right. is and I know his, uh, his personality, it really struck me. It was just like, wow. Like, the man, like, is in the, he's in the office looking at film for the next game. He's breaking down film, and he's trying to adjust and do after he just won. And it just goes to that mind frame of, like, man, you know, never being satisfied. You know, just knowing that, like, hey, you did good. You did something good. Now, let, let's try to do better. Always staying hungry, and it goes to that stay hungry, eat crumbs. Correct. It all stay yeah. humble, eat crumbs. And stay humble, eat crumbs. It all kind of goes into it together. It all works together. And I was just like, wow, that was a, that was a moment that like you probably never forget. Like, I'll never forget that. Yeah, that was. A, I know that was a moment that impacted you. I was just like, wow, I know that that struck them because I know how how he is about like things. He's a certain way, and he wants to make sure that he's on top of his game. Correct. And I think also something that's huge in that too is staying focused on your personal goals and your personal expectations yeah because if we get caught up in what the fans and the fanatics mm. the alumni one thing about coach northern was he was he had his own set of rules and expectations that we we're going to not only meet that but supersede that so he yeah. came up with some more insane goals and challenges he himself. demanded it he demanded it he yeah. demanded greatness from himself and i think that's something that's i yeah. definitely try to attribute into my personal life now mm. even my career perhaps because it's like Again, yeah, how does most that people, you? Uh, that, that same, that same yeah. you know, you may get a, and for me, I do have some, I do have a weakness sometimes of, I do have to slow down and enjoy the moment a tad bit, uh -huh. but I think I'm always, I just have that laser focus, and I have yeah. certain expectations where for other people, they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that happened, mm -hmm. where for me, it's like, I expected that to happen. Yeah. Some of it is my work ethic, a lot of it is just because knowing what God can do in previous situations, he's brought me through, but I just have a certain expect. I expect greatness for myself. Like a lot yeah, of again, when, when things happen, it surprises a lot of people. Yeah. But to me, it's like I was just I waiting. I, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, you've been working. Expect, yeah, yeah. That's but that goes to another point that I definitely want to speak about, which Good. is working while you're in the waiting room. Mm. So That's we tough. all know that faith without work That's is tough. dead. Yeah. But a lot of times, I think that we don't put our work in also yeah we can almost put too much on god if we're not careful Ooh. and i don't want to i don't my spiritual warriors maybe yeah nah, they may be right. ready to tune out but i want them to uh -huh. actually hear me out it's like sometimes we can god please give me this job please give me but it's like what are you doing to prepare yourself for that job or you, you know you may currently be at this position but you want to get at that level mm -hmm. but why not act like you're there already yeah how does this person conduct themselves how do they dress how do they talk how do they you know work work like you're there already Exactly. Or keep working while you're in the waiting room while God is working those things out and you haven't met your ordained time for that. Yeah, let's go ahead Ooh. and act that way. And we can talk. I'll bring it back to sports again. Being a freshman, let's just say you're a red shirt guy, meaning you won't play in any um, actual games, mm -hmm. but you know you want to be the starter one day. If you see that this is how the starter is practicing, this is how he's watching film, this is how he's handling his academics. Don't wait until you become the starter or yeah, hope that you become yeah, the starter. On, man. And now you try to turn that switch on. Yeah. A quote comes to my head is like, what you do in private is what you'll be yep. rewarded for yep. in public. Yep. And so, um, nah, that definitely, man, that's that's huge. That's huge. The yep. timing is huge. Yeah, because if, if you have true faith, you you should know that it's going to happen. Something's good is going to happen. Keep working. So, yeah. If you already know it's going to happen, the best thing you can do is prepare yourself on your end. So when it does come to the light, what if I get tired, bro? What if, what if I see it's not working? What do I do? You, know, you, you had faith that it was going to work. Yeah, I, and then also you want to do your best. So one thing that's helped me with, with uh, sports, uh -huh. and I think I see a lot of my teammates screw yourself also, is people, and it goes back to working while you're in the waiting room. People don't people do just enough. People play it just, safe. Just no, to get by. Nobody gives their best, right? Yeah. So now when things don't happen that way. 
they have that uncomfortable conversation with mm -hmm. themselves. Now it's like, wow, did God have another plan or did I just not do my best? So yeah. that's why you have guys who stop playing football at 12. And just my opinion, of course, you got guys who stopped playing football 6, 8, 12 years ago, yet they're still... They just can't let it go. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's not even <laughs> a sport. It's the, I didn't do my best, so that what if always jumps on them. I try to do my best, even with, I mean, in all areas of my life, with friendships, with relationships, with yeah. career opportunities, network opportunities. Well, all areas of my life, I try my best to go all out. Mm. So even if, even when a, a friendship, if I said, you know what? I've been the best friend I can be to this person. You know what, God, I hear you. Maybe it's time for this friendship to end. Yeah. I can do that because Ooh. I know I did my best. Yeah. In a relationship, I can say, hey, I've, I've been the best boyfriend I can be to this person. Yeah. Now, So do. now if it does get to that point where I got to have that conversation of possibly going another route, yeah. I can pray about it. I can say, you know what, God, I, I hear you. It's yeah. time to go another route. Because you did your part. I did my best. But a lot of times yeah. we don't do our best. So we doing I'm just enough sure. to get by. We're doing just enough. To, yeah. it, with sports, we see it all the time. Guys try to turn that clock on when it's you got six ah. weeks prepare for pro day. Come and on. now you want to turn that clock on and try to work hard, but you just did bare minimum, if not lower than that, the last four years. One of the examples you gave was like the, um, I forgot the quote, but it was one of those examples. I know everybody knows this, or they've done this before, is where you slack in the beginning of the school year, then at the end of the school year, you try to come and make yep. it up. We spoke about the rat race. The that's rat race, yeah. And that's the same exact thing. So for those who haven't read the book, the rat race, what I referred to was myself making a common mistake that many uh, high school Students, I wouldn't even just say athletes, but high school students. Yeah, students. Yeah, yeah, you get to high school, you slack off the you, first. Yeah, two you, years. you slack off the first two years. You don't do your best. You, you, you perform subpar to your maximum performance, and then your last year or two, now you try to go ahead and try do things as you should have happened yeah. and try to make up for it. But often those first two years are still hindering and delaying the maximum grades you can get your last two years. So now. Again, you find yourself in a rat race even though you're getting you may get a 4.0 one, one semester but those first two years had it where your gpa is a 2.2 so even though you got a 4.0 <laughs> you're only going up to 2.5 or 2.4 exactly and you only have so much so now you're again just like that that rat in the uh, i'm sorry the hefter will just yes, going man. around in a circle he's never mm -hmm. going anywhere but he's just killing himself going in that circle yeah so that's similarly what we call the rat race yeah yeah this yeah. change places a little bit that's before you get out of here um it was another it was another coach that I wanted to touch on, uh, Coach McDowell. You referenced Coach McDowell like six or seven times in the book. And I know Coach McDowell, you know, he played in the NFL. Right. He has like a lot of jewels, a lot of gems. Um, what, what is your relationship like with Coach McDowell? Me and Coach McDowell are extremely close. We, we may be closer now yeah. that I'm out of college than we were in college. But wow. I think now because I've also seen a lot of the things he was trying to tell me. I've seen them firsthand for myself. And he was extremely spiritual also. Yeah. Coach McDowell, very, often you will see him before you hear him. He's a very quiet, very to himself. Mm -hmm. like he's extremely spiritual and he's just a great person all in all. And again, I think what what helps us the most now is understanding the way we both see life and see the platform. We both, we have conversations like, wow, we won't be here forever. So yeah. we want to create something that will live much longer than us. How did their relationship uh continue after you left because you say it wasn't you didn't y'all really wasn't y'all really didn't have that relationship well we had that did. relationship i think but I it was, wasn't as strong it wasn't as strong how did you keep connect connection with them because i think that's an important part because you're all the way and it might go to one of the chapters in the book networking maybe right because they're like you went to florida you back in florida now and he's still here in texas well maybe dog he actually i don't know if many people know that but yeah. he actually Played football at the University of Miami, uh -huh. so he would joke around with me like, "Hey, you don't know anything about Florida." He's like, yeah. "We're we real, we real, yeah. So he watched like the, the 30, 30, thirty for thirty. Yep. He's one of the guys walking out with the camouflage on when Miami was, you know, doing their things and whatnot. Uh -huh. And I think that played a role in it. And then deep down inside, good people recognize good people. Yeah. So it was always something where, you know, I promised him like, Coach, even when I graduate, I want to be there for you. And then just getting older. It's yep. funny how the roles change because now him and I talk, and being a student athlete, he was always talking to me. Mm -hmm. Now we talk to each now other, so he might say, "Hey, when you were playing, what were your thoughts on this, that, now? How's the way?" And, and again, he's open-minded, so he he calls me sometimes, and say, "Hey, how's the way that I can get this athlete to understand to play how to play cover too, or how's the, what's the way that?" Yeah, he's trying to, to get insight. Yeah, get insight because that's dope that y'all both are benefiting from that relationship exactly. and it's still growing, exactly. and it all happened from like just meeting each other that encounter at Prairie View while you being the student athlete and he coaching.
So now that was dope, and it, and you reference him so much in the book, and it's really good quotes in there, scriptures in there, and just his impact on like on you, and you can really see it throughout the book. And I was just like, wow, that's that's dope. Like, thought that was really good, man. That yeah, was a that nice bubble. takeaway. Yeah, Bubba's a great guy, man. That's my guy. Now nah, he is, man. Um, let's let's run through the chapters. So the first chapter, networking. The second chapter is the transition. Third chapter is mindset. Chapter four is success leaves clues, and chapter five is who you are versus what you do. Why'd you name it that? Why was why uh chapter five? Why'd you end it like that? So chapter five is actually my favorite, my favorite title. If anyone's mm -hmm. pressed for time, I'm sorry, my favorite chapter. If anyone's pressed for time, or you don't want to believe the countless Amazon reviews and the different all the great feedback we've been getting, I suggest that everybody just take some time out and read chapter five. Yeah, because I think a lot of people. They they run away from those uncomfortable moments. They don't like to look themselves in the mirror. They they don't they fear those uncomfortable conversations with themselves. And I think self identity is something that's definitely taken a pitfall over the past few decades or so. Mm -hmm. I feel a lot of people don't take time to understand who they are. Yeah. So what happens is you get to a certain age where the world tells you who you should be, whether it's because of your status, your title, your income, whatever the case may be. And then now, when you do have those situations similar to what I spoke about earlier today, when like that pro day when things like that when people are called 20 something missed calls 64 text messages because again people treat That's you according to, people treat you according to your season uh -huh. and that was just a season that i was in so if you're not careful and once you understand that people treat you according to your season you understand how important it is to know yourself so now once you know yourself when people shake like the leaves or they you know they're flaky and things of that sort that doesn't move you because again when the winds are when the wind is strong you don't i'm sorry when the roots are strong you don't fear the wind yeah. So when you're, you're grounded and you know who you are, that's fine. They can leave. They can whatever. You know, everyone's seasoned. Everyone has their time. But you have to be honest with yourself and understand that people are seasoned. Yeah. So you can't get caught up in. And I see it a lot with corporate people and with athletes. A lot of athletes they they make it professional. They're like, hey, I'm a third round draft pick. So again, I can't have the twenty thousand dollar Dodge Charger because my teammate has the. $200 Ferrari, $200,000 Ferrari. <laughs> and he's an athlete, I'm an athlete. So you know, he just get caught in, yeah, but he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. So everyone else is saying, oh, you just got to charge. It's only $20,000. Yeah. So now you get caught in what you do. You know what I mean? I got to do this. I'm an athlete. I'm, and even, even people separate. in the corporate world, like a lot of people, again, so now what talks about life's endless transitions and adaptions. So we'll just use an example of you may work for a company for 20 years uh -huh. and they decide to go younger. They decide to pick someone else up. Or they decided to go in a different direction. Now you're no longer general manager. Yeah. There's a lot of people who kill themselves. You have suicide. You have depression. You have anxiety. A lot of, and not because they're bad people, but I, I think that, and this may not be the case for everyone, but I think mm -hmm. that that self identity, understanding who you are, yeah. can play a big role in that. Because a lot of times we get caught up in the titles and the status. Yeah. But going back to what we spoke spoke about with stay humble, eat crumbs, yeah. they all correlate together. Once you understand your true core values, your upbringing, your character, your morals things of that nature now you can reflect back on those because those won't change and even though hey you may not be the general manager anymore that doesn't mean that you know if you're fortunate to be a, a mother or a father you're you may be a sibling you may be you know you're so many other titles that's yeah, just exactly. one title and that has nothing yeah. so understanding that you know people will treat you according to your season yeah what how can you benefit them at the moment things of that sort it doesn't make it right but that's the reality of the world that we live in no, that's so, so that's why you have to understand who you are yeah. Because again, so the quote I just gave you is something I, I have it written in my house. Yeah. When the roots are strong, you don't fear the wind. Uh -huh. So as mm. long as you stay grounded in God or whatever upbringing, you know, spiritual, or higher mm -hmm. power you believe in, that's just the person of my choice. Once you stay up, you know, grounded in those things and your upbringing, your values, you yeah. don't fear the wind. Exactly. People can talk about you, they can change, they can, you know, whether your title or your status changes. You understand how they'll react, but you know yourself. Things gonna happen. You keep things, living. You keep living. It's things gonna happen. happen. Yeah, nah, you're definitely right. Um, you're definitely right. There's a lot of quotes within the book, and so it's it's so many different quotes, and they're really good quotes, and they go hand in hand with the chapters and the subtitles. Also, um, what's what's one of your favorite quotes out of the book? That's a good one. That's the first yeah. question. My favorite quote out of the book. I know you had some with John John Wooden. John Wooden, yeah, yeah. He, yeah I know. I seen I seen some of those. There was some really good quotes in there, man. I don't know which which one. What was your favorite? I, My favorite may be people will act the one we spoke about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. People will 
people often ask, will you forget about me when you make it? Oh, yeah. Ooh. But the real question is, will you forget about me if I don't? Yeah. Because I think that that quote pretty much ties into a lot of the other quotes that are in there. Similar to what we just spoke about, like understanding how people will treat you according to your season. So will you forget about me if I don't? Yeah. Or what if I did make it, but it was not in the area that you thought? Yeah. Nah, um, I wanted to read one of them. That's good. Um, let me see. Uh, there was one quote in here. It was like, telling is giving. Be humble. Fame is man giving. Be grateful. Conceit is self giving. Be careful. Man, that was, that was good. That was by John Wooden. That was John Wooden. That was good, man. Dude, um, another one was you can't let praise and criticism get to you. Um, talk about so that that's one quote that you hear a lot about like, all right, you get praise and then you get criticism. But like that that balance of never being too high, never, never being too low. Like where did you get that from? Just that happy medium, I think a lot of life experiences have shown me that. Mm -hmm. And again, I've been blessed. I think one of my biggest blessings, especially growing up, was I to this day, I don't truly have a role model. I don't think I, there's no one who I'm mm -hmm. like, I want to be like him. Yeah. I think there's small little nuggets I take from each people. Yeah. Like, hey, I may like, look, similar to the poster I have, I may like the way Michelle Obama utilized her platform. I may like the way LeBron James invests into his body. Yeah. Or, you know, different things of that sort. But mm -hmm. the point I'm getting to was I've seen a lot of people make a lot of mistakes. So yeah. I was blessed. That I didn't have a lot of people who I said, hey, I want to be like that person. But there were a lot of people who showed me who I did not want to be like. Oh, yeah. So there's uh, an old saying of chew the meat and throw the bone. Yeah. So that's what I did with a lot of people. So I, again, I may see uh, Michelle Obama. I love the way she does that. My grandmother, I love the way she prays and I love the way she gives all the glory to God. Uh -huh. um, Bernard Hopkins, I love the way he perseveres through things. So I take small nuggets from each person and I try to create my own character, my own superhero and try uh -huh. to apply all those to my life. So I take the meat and I throw the bones to Nobody's perfect, but I take what I need from each person are those small, the good, the good things that I want to apply to my life. Mm -hmm. And I throw what isn't relevant or the things that I don't think will value me. And I use all that to try to become the most dynamic version of myself. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. Let's talk a little bit about your business um, and what you do. Like, give me give me the rundown. It's like, how, so you transitioned from school. Then what happened after that? So many people don't know. I transitioned from school and I actually was a substitute teacher for a year. Okay. Substitute so teacher. Sub, yep. At my alma mater, Plantation High School. And I also did a couple months at uh, Plantation Elementary School. Oh, wow. Both down. That was in, it. Uh, that Florida was, in, that was in the waiting room, huh? Yep. Or, working while you're in the waiting room. Yeah. See, yep. Man, so dope. I knew that some kind of way. I, I remember even Javante Ham, which is also a teammate of mine mm -hmm. at Prairie View and at Plantation High School. He would come down on breaks and he would say, man, you're so much better than this. You're, you're better than this. You need to just find uh, another job. You, Man, this this can't be it for you, man. And I'm saying, listen, yeah, he can if, see God, can't, if God, God can't trust me with this, yeah. if I'm not maxing out on this, why would he give me more? Yeah. So what I did, I, God, this is where you got me right now. I'm going to do the best with this right now. I'm going I'm, I'm to grind it out. Man. So when you do give me something bigger, he says, you know what? I know that I can trust you because when I gave you that small, you were grateful with that small amount. Yeah. And now... Now I can trust you with more. Uh -huh. So I was working while I was in the waiting room. I didn't know how it was going to work. I didn't know what my next job would be. I didn't know what the case was, but I, I knew was that working. I knew I had to max out on what I had. So how did you get to the business? How did I got to the business? So <clears throat> Ryan Shazier was a good. Ryan Shazier is a good friend of mine. He's uh -huh. Ryan Shazier, standout linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They he got drafted first round. Yeah. Um, his first two years, he, he made some good moments, but he was kind of getting hit with the injury bug couple injuries here and there and he wanted someone to come in and kind of give him that individual push in season and off season mm -hmm. work with him year round and keep some things going so initially I started off just only working with Ryan I didn't want to focus on anyone else I just kind of wanted personal to training just, yeah personal training yeah and once I got there I realized that I started learning more about the recovery learning about nutrition learning about and I just started slowly putting together my own methodology oh, wow. my own the business insight. came to you yeah yeah oh yep. wow okay yep so it, it kind of worked out that way and then from there it was like Again, I didn't want to, I don't ever want to be selfish or limit my gifts or things of that such. So I still make sure he was good. I was like, wow, if I can see the, because every year I've been with him, he's made the Pro Bowl. He's also um, had career best seasons. So I'm like, wow, if this can happen with him, what if I do this with more people? And mm -hmm. now and even, I even do a lot with the youth now because it's like, hey, if these things are happening with professional athletes. Yeah. Imagine if I can integrate some of these with a kid being in ninth and 10th grade. So how many people are you training on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, it varies on the day, but usually... Cause I've been traveling a ton also, but usually when I am in town, 
I would say I can have anywhere between four and seven sessions a day oh, yeah. of just training and all. But all of my sessions are one on one based. Yeah. Then I can also have I have other things going on outside of that. Nah, again, I, I have been traveling a ton doing like the opening with Nike. Oh, okay. I've been I've done uh, Daytona 500 with some some of their uh, national. Yeah, man, you've been pictures. all over yeah, the so place. A lot of, been, I spent a lot of time working on this book too. So I've exactly, kinda, I was mitigating a couple of hours each day just solely for, focusing on that where I wasn't training people. I see. And there's a lot that we didn't get into right now, even though we're about to wrap up a little bit. But there's a lot we didn't get into. You got to pick up this book on Amazon. You can actually hit his website. Also, plug your website. It's www.traindynamicpd, T-R-A-I-N-D-Y-N-A-M-I-C-P-D.com. Yeah, and there's a lot like what he was just saying. You were doing here bits and pieces with with the book. I know there's a point in here where you talk about compounded interest. We talked about like that one percent getting one percent better over time right. and see what it builds up to. So there's so many jewels in this book. You definitely should go out and get it. Um, the last question I have for you, man. You're a college grad. You're a business owner, Arthur. Now, so, so now what? <laughs> <laughs> I actually got some great things in store coming up that's yeah. going to be bigger than anything I've done so far. Uh-huh. Some of them are currently under NDA, which is uh, okay. Okay, agreement. you got so some so top secrets. Yeah, 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 top secret. things that are top secret between some other companies. Now we're thinking about doing some things, but I can't discuss the yeah, yeah, no, that's that cool. moment. But we're cool. gonna have some really big things in the works and. That's Besides what's up, that, man. I'll keep praying and whatever God want from me, let his will be done. Yeah, no, nah, this is dope, man. Plug your Instagram, man. We're gonna My Instagram you. is at dynamic underscore PD, D-Y-N-A-M-I-C underscore PD. Yeah. That's also my Facebook and my Twitter is at dynamic, D-Y-N-A-M-I-C underscore D-P-D, which is dog, Paul dog. Hey, that's what's up, man. Um, is there any last thing you want to leave? I'm also on with? LinkedIn. At, you just search LinkedIn. Jerome Howard, J-E-R-O-M-E-H-O-W-A-R-D. Man, thank you guys for rocking with us, man. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Um, follow me on Instagram at D Terry Gilbert at all social media. Um, I like to close with make sure you hustle and motivate like Nipsey Hustle. Stay dangerous like YG and liberate the people like Martin Luther King. We out. We out.